It's One American Podcast with Gavin McKins. What's up, man? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. Have you ever taken the time to read your Wikipedia page? Uh, I used to. It was frustrating. And some, I, I read it recently. Someone said, this must, must make you furious. And I read it. This was about a year ago. And I was like, that's, that's actually way better than it was. So no it, kidding. It got improved. It's, it's better. Does it still say like neo-fascist? It does say, uh, yeah, 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 or like right-wing fascist. Yeah, something to that. that Shouldn't people have to explain these these allegations? Like when you call someone a white nationalist, what does it mean? Do you, I think it means to most people, it means you want all blacks to go back to Africa and you don't think the (laughs) Holocaust. Uh, Jews put a microchip in my neck where every time I say the H word, I sneeze. Um, Yeah. You don't think the Holocaust happened. So- Okay, those are very, very weird beliefs. Like sending all blacks back to Africa, that's impossible. So it's weirder than flat earthers, but it's just thrown around like Trump is a white nationalist and this AFPAC is a white nationalist conference and Candace Owens and Bryson Gray and John Miller and Michelle Malkin are all white nationalists. It's just, it's a nothing term. It's weird. Yeah. Have you ever taken the time to read the uh, TripAdvisor reviews of uh, Auschwitz? No. <laughs> you should read the one stars. They all say it <laughs> didn't happen. Wasn't sad enough? One star? <laughs> I knew a guy, a Jewish guy, and he sent me these pictures of him at Auschwitz. You know, this is obviously recently. Uh, it, it wasn't from the 40s. That would have been much more intense. Yeah. But uh, he goes, I got a bad feeling about this place. No, this was recently. And uh, he... I, I look in the picture, and it's like him and his grandfather and these other old dudes, and I'm like, Saul, what are you doing there? Like, that's really fucking morbid and sad. You're a young man. You're with 70-year-olds. Like, go enjoy your life, fucking. We should all know history, of course, but, like, why are you dwelling in the our worst moments? That's sort of like all this slavery talk. Like, we have this obsession in America with just, like constantly dwelling in our worst moments it's like it's like we're goths or something cheer up yeah yeah there, there's there's something to be said for that have you ever have you ever taken the time to go to any of any of that shit auschwitz or anything like, well yeah, i went or, to or the holocaust museum i went to the holocaust museum in uh in israel and i'm giggling because the woman who gave a talk there she was a survivor and <coughs> you know you can't help but play the devil's advocate in these kind of scenarios. <clears throat> I think I got COVID just starting this this interview. And she was like, I was shipped away to a, a man in France. Uh, a, a family took me in and I was only 12 and I fell in love with uh, one of the boys there. He was 14. And soon after, you know, when, when I was 15, we kept in touch and we had a love affair and we became married. And it was, you know, we have six children. And I was like, so of all the people in World War II, you pretty much had it the best. Like, it was pretty good for you. I'm not sure you should be here doing a talk about this fucking genocide when you skipped the whole thing and had a wonderful time. So uh, that was my experience at the Holocaust Museum, where I think that dude, Ethan Klein, met his wife. Oh, my God. Yeah, they were both that, there. That's true. Yeah, you should, at the Holocaust you Museum. You should definitely know bad things in history. But sure. can we focus on the good things for once? Like these statues everyone's taking down. 
Yes, some of those guys were probably pro-slavery. Many argue that the South just didn't like the North telling them what to do. It's not like they were in there going, we want slaves, because they didn't have slaves. Barely 2% of people had slaves. But this notion that, you know, this statue has to be ripped down or, you know, we just watched this video and it was white kids at this school and they're throwing books away, throwing colonist books away, colonizing books. And they were replacing them with Marxist books, right? So they're dancing and throwing these books in the garbage. These are like 22-year-old upper middle class white kids. And we're looking at one of the throwaway lines is they have a book by Rousseau and they go, can I swear on this show? Yeah, anything you want. And they go, uh, they go, see you, you uh, mom fucker. They didn't say motherfucker because that has other connotation. You see you, mom fucker. And we're like, wait, Rousseau fucked his mom? So we looked it up and his mother died at a very young age. And he recognized that some of his relationship had maternal tendencies, almost a, a, a Oedipus complex, where he, was, he saw them as maternal figures and he felt weird about that. Okay, that's why we're throwing all his life work away? I, I think a big problem is people have trouble stomaching the truth. I think we've become soft and bourgeois. And when we hear that Columbus cut out people's tongues, we go, oh, my God, we put that in our 2022 vision and go, if someone was cutting out tongues of their workers today, we'd have a heart attack. But that was the vocabulary 400 years ago. You know, they were cutting out each other's tongues. In fact, when Columbus showed up, the first tribe he met said, can you help us? This other tribe keeps eating us and we've had enough. So it's the original deplatforming <laughs> just cut their tongue out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're still doing it. Yeah, go build your own tongue. <laughs> <laughs> and then you do, and they cut that out. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you got to take the crunchy with the smooth, I suppose, as Billy Bragg would say. And history's ugly. There's some horrible shit that went down, and you just have to be man enough to digest it all. That's what I like about books and statues. They're information. We benefit from that. You know, don't make the same mistakes. But in this day and age, it's rather, I'd rather just bleach the, my past of all mistakes and... If you don't, then you're glorifying it. That's the weird thing, too. They give us this inept dogma and say, if you don't take that, then you're the opposite. So white people are evil. They ruin the world. I, I don't agree. OK, then you're a white nationalist. Uh, black women must always be heard. They're always innocent. Black people are perfect. Well, no, a lot of them are criminals. OK, then you're a racist, which is ironic because when you put those two things together, either hate white people, or you're racist or love all black people, or you're racist. That's racist. So you're, they're imposing this sort of radical leftist racism on you, and I'm, I'm not buying it. Even that dude, Ibrahim X, his name's fucking Henry Rogers. Ibrahim X. Kendi, yeah. yeah he's, he's Henry Rogers, okay. Um, but he's like, the only way to fight uh, racism is with more racism. Okay. Yep. Fine. The only way to fight rape is with more rape. The only way we can stop rapists is by raping them. Which I guess we kind of do, right? We throw rapists in jail where they go and get raped. Right, but we don't rape them ourselves. We just outsource it. We send them to a rape farm. <laughs> well, and it, I thought about this a lot. You know, it's, it's like a classic conversation. The, does, the, uh, does the artist, does your perception of the artist impact the art? And frankly, a Picasso painting is exactly the same before and after you realize that he beat women. Yeah, it's a tricky thing. Like I, I think you have... Uh, a lot of those women he beat were bitches, by the way, with big mouths who didn't have his dinner ready on time. Right. No one mentions that. Mm -hmm. One time his dinner was two hours late. I mean, what are you supposed to do? Give her Bill a reward? Burr. Tuna casserole. You cut out her tongue, obviously. Um, but 
there's limits. Like I, I interviewed uh, uh, Bob Mould, the singer of Husker Du, right after he came out as a gay. And uh, I said, are we allowed to talk about the gay thing or is that uh, verboten? And he goes, look, if you think that me being gay changes how you hear my songs, then this interview's done. And I was like, well, it kind of does. Like you're saying, I'm never talking to you again. Now I'm thinking of a dude. I, know, I now know you were fucking the drummer, Grant Hart. So now I think of unrequited gay love. And he's like, no, this was a hypothetical. It was about a, another relationship. And I go, well, people don't really think that when they hear a song. Like when... When they hear Don't Break My Heart, My Achy Breaky Heart, they don't think you're thing- singing about someone else's heart. They think you're talking about your own heart. So it it inevitably affects you. Like Michael Jackson sure. used to come on boys' anuses. Uh, that creeps in my head. But what I have learned to do with movies now that we're in such a fucking woke-opalypse is I'll give them a few passes. Like the new James Bond he gets on the back of that black woman's scooter. It doesn't matter that she's black, but James Bond doesn't ride on the back of a woman's scooter. I wouldn't ride on the back of a man's motorcycle. If I was on a motorcycle trip and I, I totaled my bike and my friend goes, okay, hop on the back, we'll go to the garage. I'll be like, sorry, I guess I'm walking. What are you going to do? Like the, the blonde dude in Mad Max, just put, put your hands around him and just ride on the back. It's unacceptable, especially not James Bond. And then there's another scene in that movie where they get on some crazy glider that's like attached to a plane and it goes right above the water. It can't be detected. And James Bond, of course, without even asking, just goes right into the back seat. What? Like, I don't think a man should ever be in the passenger seat with a woman driving. It's. It's torture because women keep passing you in the slow lane. People, I mean, keep passing you in the slow lane. But he just automatically accepts his place as second best. He gets in the back of the glider and he goes, have you ever, uh, have you ever piloted one of these things before? And she goes, no, not at all. So what, she's just winging it, literally, and you're in the back. But that was only two woke moments. She also takes on the name 007, which is also pretty annoying. So let's say three woke moments. In the course of the whole movie, I'll, I'll take that on the chin. That's three punches. I'm still in the ring. So to answer your question, uh, it depends. And I think if you can't enjoy as as like a non-liberal lunatic, a non-woke person, you won't be able to enjoy anything if you don't take a few in the chin. So I'll take three punches to the face in a movie or a song or a, a book, but I can't take more than that. Well... The thing that bothers me about the James Bond situation is that he seems like he hardly ever gets laid anymore. Yeah. Well, that's a whole trend in movies that's been going on for decades now. The sexless Terminator, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's just not interested in women. I mean, we haven't had guys banging hot chicks since Sean Connery, really. It's it's cool to be asexual in films. I don't know why. I don't know who started this. Maybe it's because kids are more comfortable watching a movie where the guy's not constantly banging broads. But there's adults in the world, too, and we like to see a dude get laid. It's cool to get laid. It feels good. Uh, but it is, it is a strange trend, and it ruined James Bond. But here's an example of something where I couldn't... I, I got punched in the face more than three times. The new Sopranos. I'm totally cool with a movie about blacks taking over the Italian mob. That's an exciting concept. I love gang movies. Awesome. Sold. That's not The Sopranos. 
You started a whole other thing. So they make it this black versus white thing, the whole movie, and it's about this black gangster and this guy who dares to mess with Tony's family, and you're like, what, what are you doing? And I, so I couldn't watch it. It was a piece of shit. It was garbage because they wokeified it to death. And they keep yeah. they're doing this with politics too. Like that they they vilified Proud Boys, that worked. They vilified January sixth, that worked, but it's getting iffy. Then they started vilifying parents who don't want you brainwashing our kids with CRT and trans shit. And then people started going, Wait, I'm not allowed to care for my kid and be worried about my kid's safety. And then the final straw was the truckers in Ottawa, where they said these people are racist. And you see the bouncy castles and the dancing and you go, wait a minute, how long have I been listening to you assholes? And how long have you been wrong? So I think the tides are changing with these ridiculous accusations. Thank God for the truckers. They altered the narrative forever. They totally did. And I've got a client that's um, in Canada and uh, I had a call with him this morning. And he's a young guy, he's like 26 years old. And he, he, he told me, and this is just anecdotal, but he's like, everybody hates Trudeau right now. It's like it's right. not even divided right left. Everyone just thinks he's a moron. Well, it's it's more and it's much bigger than Trudeau. It's liberals. I, I was talking to a proud boy. He hadn't spoken to his mother in like a year. Not his behest, hers. She says, you've been brainwashed. This club is evil and you're a Nazi in Trump. And she called him last week and said, all right. I'm sorry. You got half an hour. Uh, explain to me what's going on now. Now, that's anecdotal, but I think it's happening all over the country. Post-truckers, all of these angry, you know, mother-in-laws and sister-in-laws and even sisters and parents are calling the Nazis they axed and going, okay, so wait a minute, you don't, you're not a white nationalist? What's your, what's your story? And they're allowed to, you know, explain themselves for yeah, the first time I, in years. And I think there's like a, there's an obvious discrepancy where the, the narrative's continuously being pushed about COVID and masks and, and vaccines. And I honestly don't think that I've, I think virtually no one is scared of COVID anymore. Yeah. I think everybody's over it. It's, and so there's this, only so much longer they can push this shit. It's a difficult discussion for us to have because we're discussing hundreds of millions of people and how they sure. feel about stuff. So it's difficult to quantify. So you can only do little, little dips in the pond. And there's a, a message board called UB mom, Y O U B E M O M. And it's liberal New York housewives talking about mostly like, you know, guys know where to get a good onion cutter, but they'll occasionally drift into politics. And I don't go on it, but my wife does. And I, so I always ask her, I always go, what's going on with UB mom? Like with the truckers. And she goes, it's about 70, 30, 70% like them. So these are liberal, bourgeois, totally sheltered cunts, basically. And they love the truckers. And I said, oh, what's going on with COVID? And they go, that's been a major shift in the past few months. Seeing celebrities and politicians maskless while their own children who there's been zero children killed from COVID. Zero that don't have pre-existing yeah. conditions. Sure. So zero less, deaths. Less than a thousand reported by the CDC. Right. Those are all fat, cancer, diabetes. Leukemia, yeah. But as far as healthy kids, which is the majority of kids, kids are resilient. Uh it's at zero and they're sitting there, <laughs> you know, they, we've seen videos of kids cheering when they get their masks off up where I am in the burbs outside of New York. The kids were crying that one day the governor let them take their masks off because if you're in second grade, all you know is masks and they've been so brainwashed, they're scared they're going to die. So they'll keep them on. It's become like a, a security blanket. Well, imagine the, um, 
imagine the psychological development. I'm, I don't know shit about childhood psychology by any means, but I imagine that there's a lot of significant psychological development that goes on at that age, six, seven, eight, where you're looking at people's facial expressions yeah. and you're developing like the mirror neurons to understand when someone's happy or sad or it's in the subtle shit. And you miss all that when you can only see half their face. Well, the reason we're, we've survived for whatever it is, quarter million years as homo sapiens, is the ones who can't suss out what's going on are dead. If you can't smell that someone wants to kill you, or you can't smell that a girl might fuck you, you're not reproducing and you're getting a giant rock uh, uh, on your head when you sleep. So those guys are all done. The ones that are left, we're like those chicks in the hot tub in uh, uh, Minority Report. We just sense when something's up, we're like, meh, we need to get out of here. Why, what's going on? There's about to be a major fight in here, and you know, you go out the back door. Right. And I think childhood is a great way to test those. You get a bad feeling about this guy, he touches your bum, and you go, I was right, he's a pedophile. We've stripped children of that ability to test their innate talent, which I think all humans have at this age, outside of kids with Asperger's who can't look you in the eyes. Uh, and we've sort of delayed that. So it's possible that this this delayed ability to test your instincts is making children more vulnerable to predators and all kinds of danger. Who knows what the long-term effects of not testing out your face recognition software. Isn't it crazy how we've been evolving for hundreds of thousands of years? And if you take it to the max, you know, we've been evolving since the beginning of the universe and We've been as as a species. We've been through virtually everything: several ice ages, many ice ages, uh, uh, um, uh, extinction level events, that type of shit, um, war, constant constant challenges, starvation, weather, whatever. And having survived all that, everyone's still retarded. <laughs> <laughs> well, white people are very unique in that when we reach a level of success become suicidal, literally. I mean, you look at Northern Europe and the way they talk about uh, euthanasia, it's healthy. You should kill yourself if you're old, kill yourself if you're sick. A, a teenager who's having suicidal thoughts should kill herself, they've got programs. They're designing pods in Sweden where you can kill yourself peacefully. You just sit in there and we just, I don't know, it pumps in hydrogen or something and then you're just peacefully toasted. You don't see that with, with you know, Mexicans and blacks and, and Peruvians, any other culture. They're not eager to off themselves. But white people, when they get to a certain level of success, they, they get into ethnocide. I, I call it uh, ethnomasochism, where they're like, fuck me. I'm a bitch. I'm horrible. I ruined the world. We should all die. You're better than me. Crush me, kill me, rape me, destroy my culture. I didn't invent anything. I ruined the world. I'm a loser. I don't, I cannot figure it out. I don't know why. I don't know why it's uniquely white, but it's a strange thing where, you know, black power is the coolest thing in America. And it has been since 1970. But to say it's okay to be white is a very offensive t-shirt. Yeah, I don't understand why anybody is either proud or ashamed of their heritage. Like, what does it have to do? It's like that, that famous line in uh, Game of Thrones. I don't, did you watch Game of Thrones? A little bit. <laughs> Anyway, Jon Snow and Daenerys, whatever, they're having an argument. She says, I'm not uh, behold. I'm not beholden to my father's sins. And he says something to the effect of and I'm not beholden to my father's oaths or my ancestors oaths. Right. And the whole idea is like, I didn't make those promises. I didn't commit those sins. So why, why should I be held accountable for them? Yeah, I get that. I also think that the Western world 
is the Western culture is far superior to Eastern culture. It, it's it's created it separated church and state up in in Scotland. We were, they were the first to do that. It's the freest place. It's the most equitable place. And and then I I go into pointing out it's the least racist culture. Nowhere are minorities, gays, whatever, more safe, more encouraged than in Western culture. And then the pushback I get on that is, well, Western culture is mostly white. And I go, okay. I mean, chess is mostly Russian. Am I a Russian supremacist if I think chess is the best? And they go, no, no, no. But you said the West is the best. So you're saying white people are the best because the West is mostly white. And I go, but wait, when I was discussing the West, I said it's the least racist. Yeah, but mostly white people are the least racist. Okay, so... To say white people tend to be the least racist people <laughs> is white supremacy. <laughs> well, I give up. Do you think there's only two cultures, Western and Eastern, or is that just a way oversimplification? It's obviously an oversimplification, but I think it's a good sort of general rule of thumb. I mean, the Middle East is different from Russia and China, but if you got to divide them into two, the the sure. West Western culture is about grit and humility and individualism and it just says we don't care who you are what you look like come over here and bust your ass and innovate and you're in whereas the east is about hive culture china and russia communist culture it's about um not being an individual not breaking out not inventing things not being adventurous it's a depressing self-emulizing sad way to be now, the Middle East is polluted by Islam. Russia and China are polluted by communism. But uh, I don't mind lumping them in. The other thing about the East is, you know, I've lived all over the world. I don't fucking care. I don't care about you. I don't care about the turd world. When I hear about a mudslide in fucking Bangladesh, I yawn. I only have yeah, so much boring. sympathy. So that I, volcano, though, that erupted was pretty cool to see from space. Sure. Go nuts. Blow it up. Fucking I like I don't like that Biden is being humiliated by the Ukraine invasion and by a Taiwan invasion, both imminent. We're not sure if they'll happen. So I don't like that part of it. But I don't give a fuck. What are you doing? I have a nicotine problem. You're blowing out little bursts of air from your nose with a vape. How old yeah. are you? Thirty one. It's not a good look, dude. The only good thing about smoking was cigarettes are cool. Now you have a dildo in your face with <laughs> weird steam bombs coming out of your nose. I'll take that into consideration. <laughs> God, bad luck. I fixed my, I fixed my tie, man. I'm drinking pivot. a beer. This is a good look. <laughs> I'm drinking a, a sparkling water. I'm practically a leftist. <laughs> practically a human vagina. Gross. Yeah. So were you yeah. doing that nose thing as a joke or that's just a normal thing? It's, it's just how I'm comfortable. Yeah. So going poo, 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 poo out of your nose. You didn't think like I would notice that or that's just a normal thing to do? I thought it was 50 50 shot. Oh, so it, it was me meant to be kind it. of funny. Uh, yeah, I guess. Okay. But it's, it's not something I just did like this moment. I mean, you know, it's not it's very natural muscle memory for me to do that. Wow. Do you do that, Ryan? You go like, <laughs> no, no, it's, I don't, the breath is consistent. It's just the, because of the way it goes in, I believe that the, uh, there's, there's a break, um, in the air versus the, uh, vape. God, you guys are, are, your faces are steampunks. You have a steampunk sinuses. That's not what good. Is that? What's a, what are steampunk sinuses? It's the name of my new band. 
Uh, let's move forward. So yeah, got some good alliteration. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's strange times we're living in, but I, I think the left they got spoiled and they started getting lazy and they started fucking up. Like the Nazi flag in Ottawa was just so half-assed. So I, I think that they they got too confident and they they were so happy that Trump uh, was evicted that now they they thought, well, now I can do anything. And I think they've lost the mainstream. I think that uh, Trump would definitely win in 2024, but I think any Republican will win. Yeah, my concern is that if the Republicans win, especially in the midterms, it's like, what are they going to do? I was talking about this the other day on my podcast. It's like, I like almost everything Ted Cruz says, but I can't think of a single thing he's actually done. Yeah, he also shat on the Jan 6 and called them terrorists and then instantly backpedaled. Maybe the only way to be a successful Republican is to be a milk toast ass kisser. So the ones we get won't be the stalwarts that uh, Trump was. Who knows? Do you think it can't get worse, though. It cannot. Do you think it's inevitable that the that Western culture is going to prevail here? I used to take comfort when I was younger that, you know, capitalism is inevitably superior to communism. Therefore, communism isn't really a threat. But it seems to me that um, we've lost lost our sense of capitalism and what it means well what's uh, happening is there's a national divorce right so we've agreed to disagree we're splitting up and the left is getting the cities you've this has already happened in philadelphia go to philadelphia and it's just been handed over to the homeless they're dancing they're putting down a a boom box on the street drinking wine with one pant leg on and puking and shitting themselves and dancing around it's it's like Eastern State Penitentiary, before it was invented, I, I went there recently and they had all these sort of um, uh, old drawings of what life was like in Philadelphia before the penitentiary. And it was just chaos and rape and drunks and puking. And that's what it is today. Whenever you hear people, if you can hear them, then they have a microphone and they have some kind of shit together. Whenever you hear people saying, I'm from Philly, they're not from Philly. They're from the Burps. No one lives in downtown Philly anymore. It's garbage town. And that's true of Baltimore, the south side of Chicago, a lot, most of San Francisco and L.A. now. So just like you have a functional family, right? And then there's the one son who's a junkie and you loaned him some money a few times. It's not working out. And now he's just a pathetic, homeless, shoeless, filthy animal shooting up heroin. And eventually he ODs. That's what's happening to America. So the West will prevail. But we've lost one of our kids. And that is our wayward son, who's a liberal. And those are the cities. So you're going to have a successful capitalist Western America that's functional and employed and doing well with these disgusting, putrid cities of decadence, death and crime. And no one will go to New York City. No one will go to visit these towns. Portland will be done. Uh, and we'll just hand it over to the miscreants and they will they will eventually cannibalize each other. I mean, they're already doing it. They're going to start attacking each other and it's just going to be fucking war zones. Every major city in America will be Baltimore and everyone will just go. Oof. They won't even drive through it. But do you think the federal government can make it impossible for capitalist right wing Western culture embracing states to to live life the way they want? No, I don't think so. And and I'm just guessing. I mean, look at Trudeau. He's uh, you said everyone there hates him. So it's Mm -hmm. not going well. But he is freezing bank accounts. The media, which is the radical left's lapdogs, are happily doxing all of these contributors. 
some fucking old Chinese lady who runs a nail salon donated $50 to them. And you've got the Washington Post and all of these, you know, local newspapers saying, you know, under the auspices of journalism saying, how do you feel about donating to this Miss Ann Yu at the at the pedigree hair salon uh, on 387 North Street? Like they're they're fucking attacking these people, changing the way. I mean, today the police pulled politicians out of parliament. That means it's a police state. The lawmakers can't do their job. The police are in charge of the lawmakers. That's what a police state is. So we've definitely gone as far as the pendulum can swing. It has to swing back. But we'll see if if Trudeau is successful, then it's a bad harbinger of what could happen in Britain and America and the rest of the West, because he's clearly wrong to any sane person let's see if it lasts i can't believe how obvious it is that he's castro's son it's shocking have you, have you actually have you read the circumstantial evidence oh, yeah. not just the pictures but i mean if you read the d she was like his mom was off the coast nine months before he was born there's all sorts of pictures of him together she Apparently was a relentless was a whore too who fucked everything that moved was nude half the time it's easy to look up her cunt on on uh, the internet it's just hanging out there hairy 70s bush uh yeah she got around and the f- the thing about pierre trudeau is he has a very unique face i don't think yeah. i've ever seen anyone like him he's got a bizarre sort of a martin shorty froggy face he's hideous and incredibly bald and also fidel castro has a very unique face He's got this weird hush puppy face with his big schnoz, and he's got a tiny little eyes that go down. Parentheses smile. He's got his sad little eyes, and Pierre Trudeau smiles like a big French grin, whereas Fidel is more like hello, little tiny smile, and right. and uh, Justin does the same little hello. I'm a little nice guy smile. Do you think he knows? That's a great question. I mean, at at Fidel's funeral. He had this really solipsistic speech where he, he talked about how, how much he admired Fidel, and what an impressive figure he was. And then even Canadians who were pretty liberal go, uh, he was a dictator, Justin. And he goes, uh, he had to do an update where he goes, okay, yeah, he was a dictator and he had his faults, but what an incredible man. What a leader. You go, wow, sounds like you're talking about your dad, dude. No one else talked about Fidel. Imagine like even Obama. Uh, did he do a big long soliloquy about how fantastic Fidel Castro was? Didn't didn't he lift the he did lift the um uh what's it called the blockade or not a blockade but whatever it was the trade issues right that we had with Cuba? Yeah, I guess. Are we allowed? I'm Canadian, so we would go to Cuba all the time. Are we allowed as Americans to go to Cuba now? I'm not sure if that was reversed or not after. No Obama. one wants to. That's, That's the question. problem. <laughs> it's yeah, like why, saying, yeah, are we allowed go? to eat sardines with ice cream? Something weird's going on with his image there. Did you lose him? I'm still here. If you can hear me, I can hear you. Okay. I lost you for a second there visually. It's okay. I was lost, but now I'm found. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I, it can't be that hard, though, if you think about it. Like, I was like, I was thinking, of this, I was like, man, there's got to be a way that we could prove it. And how hard is it to get his DNA and get some Castro DNA and just run the fucking 23andMe test? Yeah. Right, just, like you can his, dig through like, their trash and get, get a, a coffee cup out of the trash. We don't need Fidel's. We need to know where he's from. You're going to see a lot of Hispanic and Spanish heritage off this guy's coffee cup, and that doesn't make sense with Pierre Trudeau and Maggie Trudeau. 
Uh, yeah. it, it's fucking pathetic. But you know what's funny? How we're both sitting here talking about how to save the West and what's the future. And we're talking about hundreds of millions of people and what their feelings are. I think as individuals, it's important to just get married, put a ring on it, make babies, uh, make sure that they uh, are loved and you stay together. That does a million times more than either of our jobs or any of this silly pontification about what could be or what might be. Make babies. Nothing has an impact like that. Stay with your wife. Stay with the family. And my, my single friends, they go, oh, you're just mad you can't get pussy. Dude, I like slayed. I whenever I want. I slayed so much pussy in my single days that I, sometimes I would actually be fucking and I'd be dancing to the music that was playing because I was so bored. It's easier for me to list STDs I didn't have. I don't, I don't, I never had crabs. I think that's about it. Everything else. Oh, not AIDS. Not AIDS, not crabs. So I did syphilis. that. Did you ever have syphilis? Uh, no, I didn't have syphilis. You can't be a white nationalist. <laughs> it's pretty common with the homos, though. They kept getting syphilis. My, my gay friends would get it all the time. It sounds like a very ancient disease, like Al Capone shit. But I guess it's around in the gay bathhouses. Well, I mean, there's another level of temptation if you're a homosexual in that um, the, the condom is unnecessary for preventing pregnancy. So it's probably it requires more will to wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. And it's probably seen as like a pussy move. Well, they have bug yeah. chasers, right? And, and I think chaser? gays, I think gays have a suicidal gene where they just feel like they're not part of the system, the whole human system, the human centipede, if you will, where, <laughs> where, you know, like when I'm in church and I'm looking at the architecture and I'm thinking of the church I go to is only a hundred years old, but I'm thinking about the, the, the Christians who have been, you know, coming to churches like this for thousands of years and the, how I'm inexorably linked to, you know, the first caveman and my kids will have kids and I'll be around genetically for possibly hundreds of thousands of years. And then gays are not part of that. So I always, I always compare it to something like being a vegetarian lion or a vegetarian shark. Like you've got these massive teeth, these huge incisors, and you're just having like kelp. So you must feel disconnected from your other sharks. Now, I don't, that doesn't mean I hate gays. I, does anyone have a problem with the vegetarian lion? No, but when you see one having a veggie burger, you're just like, well... Poor guy, you must be. I love it, actually. I think that uh, veggie burgers are better than meat burgers. As he bites into it with his mouths of fangs, and you're like, well, okay. Seems like you would feel disconnected. So maybe a lot of homos, you know, do the bug chasing thing because they're like, fine, give me fucking AIDS. You think I give a shit? Kill me, bitch. Jesus Christ. Well, speaking of AIDS, um, um, I'm a type A hemophiliac. Uh, oh. So is my, so is my oldest brother, uh, and um, I don't know how familiar you are with the Ryan White story and everything that happened, but people forget so easily how the drug companies knew in the '80s that there were the that, that the blood products, the the medication that they were giving hemophiliacs, for example, was contaminated with hepatitis and HIV, and ten thousand hemophiliacs died just from taking their medicine from like their mom injecting it into their arm. No Did way. You know that? I yeah. didn't know that. Look up the Ryan White story. And Fauci was at the NIH, and they knew for three years before they took it off the market. And when they took it off the market in the United States, they shipped their remaining stock overseas. Go kill them. 
Yeah. And, and that's so, just because yeah. it was so profitable. They fuck it, let them die. Yeah. So, so here's the deal. So if you're born with severe hemophilia, your life expectancy is like 11 years old. It's just hemorrhaging, you cripple up because you lose all your cartilage in your joints because of the internal bleeding. Right. If you like get a little and, cut, will you just bleed to death? No, it's not so much small cuts. It's like internal bleeding. So every day you use your body and it damages itself and it repairs itself and you don't even notice because the damage never gets to the point where it's a problem. Right. But for me, for example, if I like when I was in high school, I ran cross country and sometimes I would wake up after running a race and my ankle would be swollen as if I sprained it and I didn't sprain it. It was just something sprung loose in my ankle and I bled internally all night. Right. So are you going to die soon? No, no, no. Because the medicine's good now. It's not easy. No, it's not. It's good. It's all synthetic. Are you now, gonna? So. Are you going to? Um, is your kid gonna have it? No, it skips a generation. So my daughter carries it. Oh, you have a kid. Son. Are you married with kids? Yeah, I'm married with one kid. We oh. she just turned one last month. I got the vibe that you were single for some reason. Maybe it was uh, the vaping. Probably the, it's probably the vape thing. Yeah, how yeah. could he get laid? Yeah, I get it. <laughs> and um, um, so what what happened was the um. The drug companies, what they would do if you were having like a hemorrhage or, or a knee bleed, we call them bleeds, like it's just the community language, I guess. Um, you would go to the hospital and just get a blood transfusion because the blood transfusion would have the uh, protein that our blood doesn't make. There's a protein that causes your blood to clot, and we just don't make it because our genes fucked up. Um, kind of like that Russian kid, whatever his name was, he had hemophilia, the one that Rasputin cured almost. Um, and uh, uh, what would happen was that what happened then was they made a synthetic version of the protein that was made with human blood donations. And the blood, obviously, in the 80s uh, became contaminated with hepatitis and HIV. And they caught it like in 82. The drug companies knew. The government knew. And they kept giving the medicine out because they thought, you know what? These kids are going to either die from AIDS or they're going to die from hemophilia. And they didn't tell the parents. And so 10,000 hemophiliacs died of AIDS in the 80s. And um, the but they were going to die anyway yeah. soon. Well, that's what they that's what they said. But I mean, there's all sorts of hemophiliacs because of drug improvements who were born in the 70s and even the 60s that are alive today because, you know, I got to be honest through. with you. I have trouble feeling sympathy because I've always hated hemophiliacs. Yeah, I understand. A lot of them are dicks. Yeah. And I think yeah, the drug you know companies I mean? recognize that because they met them and they're like, right. I don't like these kids. They're always kind of like achy and whiny. Oh, and they always. They they hate, they're not interested in sports at all. You know, when I, <laughs> when I was in eighth grade, I was in a, a class for retards because they put all the retards there. But then they also put class clowns and bad kids. And it yeah, was just like yeah. a garbage dump for the rest of the school. It was, it's almost like eugenics. So every class was all well-behaved, smart kids. And then I was stuck. I had good grades, but I was an asshole. So I was with the retards. And there was this kid, Tony, who had hemophilia. And, and back in the 80s, everyone was always punching all That's the time. That's true story? Yeah. So this kid, Tony, we'd punch him. And he'd go, guys, if you punch me, I have to go get a blood test. It's $84 every time I'm punched. And I remember just holding out his arm and go, well, we're really racking up a bill, aren't we, Tony? <laughs> Doctors are paying people to beat the shit out of them. <laughs> yes. I'm realizing now, in retrospect, we were potentially murdering the boy. No, no, he's all right. You just got to worry about the uh, head injuries and the stomach, and like a stomach punch would be bad. Oh, so the arm's okay? Because it was oh, just the arm. Yeah, he'll bruise up. You he'll know, be like fine. if I go shooting, sometimes my shoulder will get all bruised up just from the recoil. Well, the hemophilia thing you're learn. talking about reminds me of the Tuskegee experiment, where the narrative is that. Blacks were injected with syphilis so we could watch them die and examine them. 
But the real story is... They got the placebo or whatever, that's the rumor? The the real story is there was no cure for syphilis. The the shitty cures they had... Oh, here we go. The shitty cures they had were uh, really damaging. It was like, uh, uh, imagine giving stage four cancer chemo. So Mm -hmm. it's a weak, sick person getting bombarded with horrible, uh, whatever it was, antibiotic type stuff. Um, so they didn't treat these guys. Now these, these black guys, they had syphilis and they waited way too long to get treated. So they're already in like the Al Capone phase of brain damage, you know, deteriorating. And so, yes, the doctors didn't treat them and they did examine them as they died. But, uh, it sounds like this hemophiliac thing was a thousand times worse. And it was exactly what the black people are pretending happened with Tuskegee. Yeah, it, it, the hemophilia thing, the one thing I gather from it is like this is the reason that I was so skeptical about the vaccines from the beginning. I don't actually think that there's a tremendous amount of evidence that the vaccines are harmful. I think there's a lot of evidence that they don't really work very well. But I've seen I mean, I've seen the fluke examples and I've heard, you know, horror stories from a few people here and there. But it's not like it's going to kill everybody. Like, But haven't we had crazy deaths? Like, yeah, tens pro- of probably. thousands. I don't know. I don't know. That's you hear that from some people like McCullough says that it's you know upwards of 46,000 deaths or something like that. I don't, right. I don't know what the number. I can't remember. So maybe it's, it's just hard to know what's true in terms of that. But the thing that's like so obvious about the drug companies from the 80s thing with 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 the, with the HIV and the hemophilia is like, look, these people don't actually give a fuck about your life. It's these organizations have no conscience as an organization. Yes. It's, there's no soul, right? There's individual right. souls and they pass the, the blame. It's your fault. It's, you know, I'm doing my job or whatever. So nobody actually is feels culpable for the action of the organization. And so um, uh, that was my thinking is like, how can you mandate somebody can take a medication uh, at all? I mean, regardless of this, but especially given the fact that we know that these drug companies have no sort of accountability in terms of whether or not their product's safe. Yeah, they don't care about you. I remember reading Pfizer when, not that meth isn't bad now, but when the the meth epidemic was at its peak in the Rust Belt, they they were getting it out of cough medicine. And Pfizer was approached and said, all you have to do is change like one particle of the the process to make these, these cough pills, and we won't be able to take out the, what is it, meth? amphetamines, whatever, the shit that's in the cough syrup, uh, the, the, sorry, the, the, whatever, the cough stuff. I mean, I don't know if it's syrup and pills and it was just a minor tweak, but it would have cost them, you know, a few hundred bucks. And Pfizer was like, well, no, that's not in our business plan. Uh, we're not going to do that. And meth continued unabated. I mean, now they've got it under control. I think you need fucking ID to get cough pills now, but, uh, yeah, Pfizer wasn't interested in stopping the meth epidemic cause it wasn't financially, beneficial for them the drug companies in america are really and and that's something these journalists are so obsessed with white nationalism and finding a nazi in a haystack and the drug companies are going rampant you have all these like i understand fox news doesn't want to do it because after the during the commercial break we go over to dexaprin ask your doctor about dexaprin and there's some woman fucking skipping a stone on a beach so it's their bread and butter so they're going to chicken out. Yeah, but if, total conflict of interest. If you're a, a young journalist, what better topic? You don't have to worry about d- Big Pharma not sponsoring you. They're not interested in you. So you go out and expose these companies, expose the Sackler family for having financial incentives for doctors to, to prescribe OxyContin. 
I think we have a, a death rate of 120 a day from opioids. And journalists are obsessed with white nationalism, which I think the, the latest study said that it kills about three people a year. Fucking jihadists is twice that, and they are a, a billionth of the, of the population. I mean, Muslims are, I think, 5% of the population. But when you think of like 18 to 25 jihadists, how many is that? There's probably 500 in America, and we've got five deaths a year from them. That seems like an area maybe to check out. But no, it's some dude from NASCAR's dad said the N-word in the 80s. Ooh, get on that. Yeah, well, they just know that if they keep pushing that narrative, they can they can trick people and guilt people into voting for the left. They're, they're, they're trying to guilt white people into voting for the left. So How long can that conscience. last is the million-dollar question. Like, Justin Trudeau calls anyone who supports the truckers swastika flag waivers. He just said that, I think, today or yesterday when he was asked, why don't you support these people? So they're definitely still using it, but does it work? Like, can we talk to every single American and get a poll? I don't think it works anymore. Because you think about your life. That's the beauty of, of life experience and talking to people. They always say 10% of the population is gay. And I was talking about this with a guy at my gym, and I was like, think of your school. I believe you're born gay. So you can sort of tell when a kid is gay. Uh, think of your school. There was those guys. And it wasn't one per class. So that's one in 30. It was like out of a high school of 1,500, there was like four. So, and they, they all had female friends. You didn't know what gay was, but you knew not to invite him to the football game. He was just weird. He, he played with girls. He, they played with dollies. They, they were into, they had like a little bit of pink in their hair and they had a little cardigan sweater vest and they had loafers with no socks and they were flamboyant. And you're like, that guy's fine. I don't have a problem with him, but I know he right. doesn't want to like get wedgied and, and, you know, get <sighs> help us rack up a bill on Tony's arm. And they were a t tiny fraction of the population. So I think when the, the left keeps twisting the narrative and going way out into the flat earth society, normal people sort of sit in their chair and they're like, no, I'm thinking about my life and the news. And no, that's not a thing. Do you think they know that they're full of shit and they're doing it on purpose? Or do you think that they're just that that's another gone? thing I can't figure out? Like, I remember Obama. He said, we got women making 72 cents on the dollar. Compared to men. Now, that's the oldest myth in the book. It's not the same work. It's illegal to pay women less for the same work. Yes, they make less than us. They're less ambitious. They don't stay up all night. They, they take on less profitable jobs. They take 10 years off when they have a kid. They, they tend to so focus on like experience. the social media. I run the Facebook page for this restaurant, whereas the men tend to own the restaurant. And it's not because they were handed a restaurant. It's running a restaurant is a 12 hour a day job, six days a week minimum. And you better have three if you want to turn a profit. It's fucking brutal. Women tend not to want that lifestyle. And I'm glad they don't want that lifestyle. I want them, the kids to have a mom. But who's at work? till 8 p.m., especially in New York, Workaholic Central. You know, guys guys that I know in the city here who commute, they will take Friday off occasionally because they do not see anyone from Monday to Thursday. They're up for the Chinese markets, 
at five. They go to work in the dark. They come home in the dark and their kids are in bed when they get home. So outside of the weekend, if they want to see their kids, they, they have to take a day off once in a while because they cram in 60 hours in four days. Uh, should women do that? Is that healthy for kids? No. So, so the question, sorry, this is a long tangent, but no, when Obama sure. said that, he has, even if he was stupid enough to think that women make less money for the same amount of work, surely he's got a whole cabal of nerds who would say, actually, uh, Mr. President, that's not true. It's debunked a long time ago. Women choose to earn less, unfortunately. We wish they earned more. But uh, so he either ignored them or they don't exist or he knowingly went out there knowing, just like Justin Trudeau with the swastika flag, knowing that a large swath of people are going to fall for this shit. And it's beneficial yeah. for me to say this lie. So I'm just going to say it. I don't Why know. Do I, How much I do you think like, Michelle made in compared to Obama? There's so many of these people I would love to just inject heroin into and like tie up Barack Obama's. I don't mean time up, but like get a rubber hose around his, his arm, find a good vein, just get not a lot. Just get a, like a microbe of heroin in there. He'll have a few barfs. And then after his third barf, just be like, so the woman thing. And I have a feeling he'd just be like, that was uh, politically advantageous. Uh, couldn't resist. I mean, you know, I would call it a white lie. You're white. <laughs> you know all about white lies. It was a white lie. And it got the job done, my man. It got the job done. And I'd be like, good, it's finally. That's all I wanted to that's know. A that's a thing, though. It's like politicians not that long ago, 10 years ago, used to be pretty damn good at lying, and now they don't even try. Yeah. It's kind of well, scary. They were also, it's, like they, it's like they're like, what the fuck are you going to do about it? They, yeah, yeah. But they were also <laughs> not so radical. Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, 2004, against gay marriage, four strong borders, against the concept of illegal aliens. They were, in many ways, more right-wing than me. I don't give a fuck about gay marriage. Well, I'm kind of annoyed that it was a trick, but as, as far as a philosophical concept, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, and now, you know, you have to be a fucking raging radical, AOC, Green New Deal, like you have to be a nut. So I don't know, you have to be a brazen, confident liar if you're going to support Antifa agenda. I mean, the, the, the modern left, the DNC is indistinguishable from Antifa. And they talk like it, like Tim Kaine, his son is in Antifa. And he said, we need fighting on the streets. We need to fight on the streets. Hillary Clinton said, I don't know why there aren't more people out on the streets fighting. Hillary Clinton literally spent four years trying to overthrow an election. Yeah. And her second priority after that is criticizing anyone who is who thinks there was a problem with the Biden election. Right. So, so the Russians hacked. She might be one of the Trump most evil people in our history. Dude, I did a deep dive research on all this mysterious deaths around the Clintons, and I went into it very skeptical. Like 70 of them. Yeah, so there's 70 that people talk about, but there's 12, about a dozen that are just fucking hard to shake. Real so, hard to shake. The I guy who serves Clinton. a subpoena kills himself in his bathroom. The guy yeah. with the weights that where they fell on his neck and crushed his windpipe. What? I've never heard of that. The the chef who drowned in this much water in a creek? What? It's disturbing. And, and the way I explain it to leftists is I always say, what's Obama's death count? 
Where's Obama's chef? I'll tell you where Obama's chef is. He's making a BLT right now. He's alive. You, you got to talk to them in their Biden language. Biden has a death count. What? Do you think Biden has a death count? No, he's got a ton of corruption. Uh, sure. But his his thing is money laundering and getting his son deals, paying the big guy half. I don't think he had yeah. people killed. My theory with the Clintons is during Clinton's campaign in whatever it was, 92, uh, she got in with the wrong crowd and she's pure evil. And she was like, look, it's it could kill the presidency. Bill was fucking this uh, woman who was his sign language translator. Uh, she needs to go. And they go, okay, we fired her. She works at a coffee shop now. That's not good enough. She needs to go. She could blab and he won't be president. So she gets popped. The, the guy didn't steal any money from the cafe. He just yeah. went and shot one woman and disappeared. It's and like Seth Rich. Her only, or Seth Rich is another weird one. Uh, and then I, I bet, this is just a theory, but I bet once you get in bed with hitmen, it becomes this snowball thing where what are you going to do? Say, okay, I'm done with the hits. You go your way with all this information, by the way, that could ruin me and throw me in prison. You go your way and I'll go mine. No. It's like a murder Ponzi scheme. You have to keep killing exactly. people to keep, you gotta keep, keep killing. the killing going. And, and my theory with Seth Rich was, uh, she, she goes, this guy's causing problems. And then someone walks into her office and goes, the thing with the guy, it's not a problem anymore. And maybe she was like, oh, God. <laughs> maybe she doesn't even want these people killed. But it's just become such a machine now that she's like, I'm going to hell. Please stop. Please stop killing all my enemies. I'm scared to have enemies now because I know they're going to end up dead. <laughs> oh, fuck. What have I done? So she started with one or two real ones. And all the other ones are a, like a fucking deal with the devil. A satanic curse. She doesn't strike me as someone with a conscience. Yeah, but even without a conscience... When the death tolls start piling up, you got to have nightmares, no? I mean, I feel I'm bad sure about not concerns. inviting a kid to my birthday party when I was six. I still think about Clinton Badecki and how I invited <laughs> everyone in the class but him. But but she's uh, um, um, she's she's like invincible, man. Like, look at this Durham report that just dropped. Do we honestly think there's going to be any charges? No. And you talk to liberals and they're like, oh, you're falling for that shit? And then she tweets out an article in Vanity Fair, you know, the bastion of honest journalism. She tweets out an article in Vanity Fair that says, I didn't do it. And everyone's like, nice try, Nazis. Hillary Clinton didn't spy. And we go, no, this is evidence. We've been saying this for years. And now it's true. And you're still like, no. Because it's a religion to them. This is what I learned from Ezra Levant and Ron Coleman. They go, these guys are Bolsheviks. They only want to win. And that's why you see Jews turning on Israel. Talk about, remember I was saying earlier that these radical leftists will cannibalize each other. Jews are already doing that. You know, secular Jews, I call them ginos, Jews in name only, are happy to turn their backs on Israel. Fuck you, die Israel. Don't take that out of context. Um, they let their friends, their brethren die. And in the name of winning, they're happy to turn their backs on Israel in the name of winning. So that's, you're killing your own family in a sense. And that's the way they are. So when you say Hillary spied, 
people died. They, they just go, no, they didn't. They don't give a fuck about the truth. It's just about accruing more votes and more power. And in a way, that's our downfall. I don't know where you are politically, but if, if you're on the right, the right's downfall is <laughs> they keep playing safe. And they're like, no, yes. we, we got to take All the high road. Defense. And I'm like, okay. Like, and I, I guess I'm an ex-liberal in many ways. My thing is like, no, let's take the low road. Like when they pulled out that hockey bag of votes in the middle of the night, I'm like, where's our fucking hockey bag? We should have yeah, cheated too. Yeah, it's the only way that we can fight back, but that's, man, that's a downward spiral. Like I don't Gandhi give a said, fuck. an eye for an eye and the whole world's fine. Yeah, good. Let's get some eyes. At least one eye. Like they're reading rules for radicals. We should read rules for radicals. Call them okay, racist. Crenshaw, Call them Nazis. Zero. Dox them. So, yeah, I... I... Jesus, this is one thing I'm struggling with because obviously there's the truth and there's the not truth, but it seems, I wonder if it, does the truth have power even if no one believes it? Um, well, they say, right, lies run sprints and the truth runs marathons. Yeah. George. But we still don't know who killed Kennedy. George W. Well, if you're curious, it's the information is there. Um Trump is being vindicated now with the Hillary stuff. I think G.W. Bush, I wasn't a fan of him, but he's seen in a totally different light now. The the pendulum will swing back and truth has to win. It's just the way it is. But, um, you know, you say no one believes it. A big problem with politics in 2022 is there's all of these amateurs involved and they're called women. Women and young people and gays and people who normally weren't interested in this shit. And it's not in their makeup. Gays are partiers, generally. But they're being rounded up and brought into this discussion, and they're not Christopher Hitchens. They're not educated about these subjects. They can't handle power. Like, there's, you know in these superhero movies where there's a, some guy like Electro, uh, the, the, the janitor, and I have kids, so I've seen superhero movies. I'm against adults sure. watching them. And he doesn't know what to do with his power. He's like, ah, bzzz, 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 blowing up shit because he's right. so freaked out. Power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. Uh, we've been having power. Us men have had power for centuries. So we're like, all right, you don't overdo it. You don't do this. You don't do that. But liberals and women, they're sort of new to this area. That's why women elected Justin Trudeau. Uh, three times in a row. You wouldn't have Justin Trudeau without the female vote. And they voted for him because he's a cutie. So we have a bunch of amateurs in the league is the real problem here. And that's why it sucks. Imagine imagine the MLB just started drafting anyone who could throw a ball faster than 40 miles an hour. You'd have a shitty game. And that's where we're at right now. We're in a shitty game. Now it'll take time to weed out these amateurs. They're not in it for the long haul. Like, remember Gawker? You're probably too young, but... No, I remember Gawker. I read the Ryan Holiday book, uh, Conspiracy. Yeah, it was just a bitchy little website that would dox people. And it sort of it sort of began the whole cancel culture uh, culture. Did I say cancel culture culture? It made sense. <laughs> they began the cancel culture culture culture. And uh, don't, no, all those guys are gone. You know, you, you, they never got a job after that. They all vanished. They're all unemployed. Whereas you take someone like Michelle Malkin, she was writing for the student newspaper at her college in 1992. She, she's still there. That I bet if you read her first column in whatever it was, the Massachusetts uh, Battalion, I just made up that newspaper. 
uh, and you compared it to her last column last week, same kind of vibe, same, you know, plucky broad going against the liberal elites. So in a sense, that proves that our guys are the truth. Because when you look at these bitchy little anarchist fucks, they, uh, they don't last. And unfortunately, we have to swim in the pool with them, and they can't swim. Yeah, you shouldn't be able to, to um, you shouldn't be allowed to be a communist if you never actually held a hammer or a sickle. <laughs> yeah, you gotta get a paycheck. And that's another problem with illegal immigration is these kids, we've killed their economic libido, they don't, you, you gotta get that first paycheck and see how much the government takes out and go, holy shit! Man, I didn't feel it until I was a small business owner and I had to write the check for the taxes. When it's withheld, it's not even visceral enough. Well, when I was a kid, they would take it out per check. And it was yeah, they take it hundreds. out, but you don't, ever, you don't feel like you ever had it, though, because it's already right. automatically withdrawn. But when you write the check every quarter, then you're like, fuck you. I just wrote a $50,000 check to the feds. Then they just bombed civilians. Like, fuck. <laughs> All these people saying tax the rich make about a tenth of what I pay in taxes every year. Like when I'm going through my finances and I'm like, oh, okay, ping pong table, that was kind of expensive. All right. No. Oh, that, that cost a bit of money. Oh, my wife bought some fancy shoes. Okay. And it's all like normal little punches. And then you get that fuck, you see that 14,000, 20,000, 60,000 tax taxes. bill. And it's just like, whoa. And for what? For what? Bill O'Reilly said that once. He goes, you know what? I wouldn't mind paying crazy tax if I was driving on asphalt and my yeah. kids were Robin getting the fantastic same educations. I, I drive the 95 to go to the South Bronx every day. It is in Iraq. And I was in Costa Rica recently and I, we're on the roads and I'm like, I could take my, I don't have a skateboard, but I could take my skateboard on this. It's a skate park. All their highways are a skate park. Just like you could roll a marble down it. it on the 95... And this is true of the entire 95 all the way to Florida. You better watch the front of, the, of your car. Be aware of other cars, but watch the road because you're going to get a bang about yeah, every we're, quarter we're mile as you hit just a hole in the fucking road. So these assholes have no idea what they're doing. They, they throw our money in the wood chipper and they just keep raising the bill. And it's, it's surely just like education. When you keep raising the bill for something and the quality becomes less and less on a regular basis, eventually that car company is going to go out of business. You can't charge me 60 grand for a lemon. And that's what they're doing. Yeah. I'm totally for canceling all student debt as long as we cancel all student loans. Let's cancel all students. <laughs> like, what are they learning? I don't give up. My wife's worried about, you know, this, this kid has this grade. And I, I'm like, they're calling Russo a mom fucker and throwing his books in the dumpster. I don't give a fuck about my kids' grades. I mean, yeah, my we, grades were shit. I we, turned out okay. I, you know what I took in college? English literature. What? I got a degree in audio engineering with a minor in philosophy. <laughs> well, that might be stupider. Especially well, when I, I assume. I didn't have any intention of doing those things. I just I, said, I'm going to study what I'm interested in and I'm going to get a fucking job like an American. Yeah, but you could have just done a podcast. And I'm sure audio engineering changes drastically every like year and a half. Yeah, but, I, but there were some things that I learned that that are timeless so the cool thing about audio engineering is that it's both it's really, ironic that you're talking right now and i'm watching your lips on a delay <laughs> <laughs> it's not my fault but yeah uh, the cool thing about that education was that it was highly technical but also highly creative you, most things are one or the other 
And okay. you'd, you'd be in a time crunch in the studio and you'd be dealing with like a personality, like a, you had to record a, a band for uh, a school, like a, a class project. And you'd have a, a serious technical problem. Like how the fuck do I get this, you know, 120 channel soundboard to work? Cause there's no sound coming through the speakers. And then you're dealing with some dude crying because he can't remember the lyrics to his, the song he wrote about his girlfriend. Right. And you're like, it's like, it's like such a, it just makes you work yeah, every just part do of your that brain, in real you know? life. Just yeah, try that yeah. in real life. Uh, every band wants I to be recorded. I wouldn't have gone if it was going to put me in debt. I was fortunate enough that I got a ride, but. We would um, read books like romance and, and we read the classics and I used to roll my eyes at that. But in my old age, I'm glad that I read Dickens and Emily Bronte and all of these, you know, classic English literature. But, but yeah, I could have got the syllabus off Amazon for a dollar. <laughs> but it was so weird that we're sitting there learning, uh, reading a book and then some asshole who's never lived a real life is telling me how to interpret the art that I just consumed. Who the fuck right. are you? Why are you telling me what I just read and how to enjoy it? Meanwhile, the books were just soap operas. Like, Wuthering Heights is just telenovela. And this teacher's telling me how to enjoy this silly romance? Fuck you. What a waste of time and money. I think I most sit- of college is just eugenics. I think a lot of these white people are petrified of... Actually, no, everyone is petrified of their daughter marrying trash and killing the, the ge- genealogy genealogy whatever it's called so they send their kid to like NYU where it's a quarter million they know they're getting a shit education but they're like maybe she'll fall in love with someone who won't be trash and we can keep our bloodline now kids don't marry their college sweetheart anymore that's like a boomer thing so even that justification is over so give it up yeah, well, and the other thing, too, to consider is that since we've been sending everybody off for these liberal arts educations, we do have, like, a whole class of people who are, A, educated beyond their intelligence, and, B, um, they're educated to an elite class, but there's no elite position for them, right? And so you, there's a bitterness that ensues when they, like, don't get the professor job or they don't get the, I don't know, DOJ job or whatever. They don't get the important job that they associate with their intelligence, you know, their, their dissertation. And when they're waiting tables or bartending, they get bitter. And they, and, and I think that we see a lot of that from leftists, man. Yeah. They become professional liars too. Like Joy Reid, she's an elitist. Sure. That's African academics who came here on scholarships. They, uh, she's always been upper middle class. I think she's dumb. So what do you do if you're dumb and rich and your parents are academics? You, they get you into Harvard and you take African-American studies or film. Film is, how can you be wrong? So you watch Casablanca and you maybe apply a Marxist dialectic to it or maybe even talk about how it's racist. That always works. And then what's your job? I'm a pundit and I get out there and just call everyone fucking racist. I say that I talk about white privilege. She's the whitest person around. And her whole life is, is shitting on white people in America as a immigrate. So, so, you know, you Let talk me ask about you this. When is Who the do you think is the smartest person on the left? What? Who do you think is the smartest person on the left? Jordan Peterson is a leftist. You think he's left? Yes, he's a liberal. Uh, Dave Rubin isn't smart. Douglas Murray is a, uh, a smart liberal. I'm going with classical liberal. I go with the Cornell sure. West liberals the the free speech berkeley guys as far as the modern definition of a liberal mm. i mean bill maher uh joe rogan rogan is a lefty i mean he wants michelle obama to be president because she's so articulate uh so it, it's hard to you have to define liberal first 
Bill Maher, Joe Rogan are considered white nationalist Nazis, but they're, if, you were, if you were to do a, a quiz, they would come out as liberal. Uh, but as far as like, you know, Trevor Noah, Joy Reid, all those fucking loser lunatics, uh, Joy Behar, I mean, they're all by definition retards, right? Does, is any of them got anything to offer? I don't think so. I don't and, think and so. I think that's. I think that. I think they know it too, and that's why they never debate. They hardly ever have anybody on who disagrees with them. And if they do, they just walk all over them, talk all over them, so they can't. Yeah. Um, you know, get their point across. Yeah. Well, that dude Vouch is really into debates, but he's one of those weirdo pedophiles who just sits on his ass all day playing video games, and I think debating for him is just another video game. They're not trying to get to the truth, but. And then when you do when you do get on something real like CNN and you you discuss your thing like Louis Thoreau just spoke to Baked Alaska and Nick Fuentes. And the takeaway is how dare you give these Nazis a platform? So if you don't do a hit piece and you give the right any kind of a voice, then you've uh, given them a platform. So the left is, is they've taken their insecurity about debating and they've turned it into some sort of political belief where I'd love to debate and I'd totally destroy him, but by talking to him, no. You used to have David Duke on CNN. You had Richard Spencer on ESPN. If, if ideas are dumb... Corvidal and Buckley. Yes. If ideas are dumb, then fucking destroy them. When I started Censored TV, I spent $100,000 getting Candace Owens with Cornell West and pulling in liberals. I could only seem to get black liberals, maybe because I was paying so much, I don't know. But uh, I don't know. It, it did it work? Did it change anything? It just was too expensive. I was spending like fifteen grand to get a liberal. I can't get in anybody on my show that I can't get any leftists on my show. I've no. tried. Look at Tucker. He used to. He started out with a few normal liberals, and then he was only getting the imbeciles, like the radical Antifa people who were happy to get on there, like Giraffe Neck, uh, that guy who wanted to k- kill cops. And now he can't get anyone. No way. No way. That's career suicide for them. They figured out that we know more than them and they don't want to go near us. Good. Fuck you. I don't like you anyway. So how do you think this is going to play out over the next 10 years? Because we've got this crazy censorship going on. We've got the cancel culture going on. This divorce is getting more and more uh, um, uh, heated. What's going to manifest the radical? It's, it's not a 50 50 thing. The, the radicals are 10 percent of the American population. Mm-hmm. We're giving the radicals the cities. They can go destroy themselves. And that leaves the vast majority to prosper. I'm, I'm very optimistic about the future. I, I don't think we'll have a Biden again uh, for a very, very long time. And the guy can't speak English. I know. You, we let you run the show. You said you didn't like mean tweets. We said, okay, what do you got? And you brought Mr. Magoo. Okay. Uh, have you seen the supply chain? Have you seen grocery store shelves recently? We're in Venezuela now. You fucking losers. So, you know, it's, it's kids day. We're letting the kids decide when their bedtime is. They're having Fruit Loops for dinner and staying up till three in the morning. But it, it can't last. And I think the next, well, first of all, we're going to take over the house in the midterms. And that'll castrate Biden, and he'll just be a bumbling old Henry Fonda in On Golden Pond. And then, and then we'll have a, uh, well, the right will take back the White House in the next election. I don't know if it's Trump or DeSantis or what. 
and I, I, the pendulum will swing back. I mean, again, it's anecdotal, but that phone call from that mom who wasn't speaking to her proud boy son, where she said, okay, what's going on now? I don't know. It, it, I think it's a real harbinger of things to come. I think they've realized that they uh, fucked up. Man, I hope you're right. Um, so where can people, uh, where can my audience find you if they're not already aware? Pretty much just censor.tv. I'm on Telegram and Getter. Uh, I guess I'm going to get on Gab soon. And I'm, I'm also uh, getting on the, the new Trump thing, Truth Social. Uh, so as far as social media goes, it's just ga- Gab to be, Telegram now, Truth to be, Getter now. And then censored.tv is everything. And also what I'm doing with censored.tv is I'm going through all my old hard drives and I'm putting up like all my old sketches from YouTube and all the things I've been banned from movies I've made and, and all this other shit. So it'll become like a, a hub of all of this band shit. And that's not just me. That's also other band people like atheism is unstoppable and Milo Yiannopoulos and Laura Loomer and all those expensive debates. I just told Where you is about. Milo, Milo these days. I think he's at church militant. Uh, in Florida. Is he still there? That was the last time I checked in on him. Gotcha. He's a little fucking honey badger. He can't die. He'll always be rooting yeah, around. Survivor. Yeah. Yeah. He's a smart guy. I miss him. I miss him a lot. It's too bad what happened to him. Yeah. Um, I read his book too. It was good. Dangerous. And I uh, picked up a copy of your book too, but we uh, did this sooner than I expected. So I didn't get it. I, didn't get I think you'll find it. that yeah. you just consume it all in one sitting. It's that fun. Okay. Cool, man. Did you have fun writing it? No, it was a bitch. <laughs> it's really hard. You gonna, you gonna write another one, man? Yeah, I'm writing one right now. Do you know what it's gonna be called? I don't want to spoil anything, but I'll tell you what. I I dictated about half of it, and that was a stupid move. Because <laughs> tangents are amusing on video or uh, on a podcast. I kind of stole it from Billy Connolly and then you bring it all back. But in a book, tangents are annoying. Like, tell me the point, start out with who, what, when, where, why in the opening and then give me the juice. If you want to go off on a tangent, I don't know, stick it in a footnote or something, but I don't have time for your bullshit. So I'm having to rewrite all the dictated stuff because it did not work at all. It's, It's very different talking and writing. How long have you been working on it? About six months. It'll be good. When do, you, when do you think it'll be done? In another few. Very cool. Yeah. Was this the first book that you ever wrote? I know it's the only one that I, I could find that was published. Well, did you write any it, books? I wrote a Vice magazine under so many aliases that that was kind of like a book. I mean, my Tacky Mag column ran for 10 years, and that was about eight books worth of writing. Uh, so I count like the Vice Guide the Vice Guide to Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll is a book I wrote because I wrote 90% of it. I have uh, two Do's and Don'ts books that were just comedy books, fashion stuff. Street Boners was another book I wrote uh, that was fashion commentary. But uh, yeah, I've got a lot of fucking writing out there. It's not hard kind to of pro- You're kind of prolific, dude. Do you sleep? No, I'm addicted to methamphetamines. I haven't slept in six weeks. Yeah, well, you can invade Poland in like two. I don't weeks have any legs. Shit. <laughs> I I was uh, train hopping with crusty uh, punks, and I was doing so many drugs, I fell asleep on the tracks, and my legs are gone. You can't see now, but 
I just right. I just snort meth all day, and uh, no, but but sometimes you, like I I know meth is bad and it's taking over the South. I was just in Florida and everyone was on meth, but then I'm thinking like Lemmy, he would do speed all day every day and he he made it pretty far. I don't do speed or meth, but I'm just saying maybe Mike, not Mike that Lindell, bad. Mike Lindell, man, crack like he yeah. owns a huge pillow company. I don't know. There are a lot of people that have uh, had tremendous amount of success, at least for a short period of time. On well, Mike on Lindell though made my pillow after meth and crack. Uh, uh-uh, man. He Although he does before. look pretty fucked up recently. Uh, he 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 was still addicted to crack and like uh, years into into. Oh really? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that like four or five years in, he was still addicted. I think I think he's only been sober like ten years, man. <laughs> you heard it here f- first, folks. Try speed. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> Lemmy told his son that. He goes, look, if you're going to do drugs, heroin will kill you. I've lost a lot of good guys to heroin. But if you have to do drugs, do speed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, 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 the, that's, the, that's the temptation with the uppers is that it's like a drug that makes you, at least for a short period of time, better at whatever you're doing or more interested in whatever you're doing. It's not, you know, yeah. so it's, it's, but so I if you're like a productive it, it minded person, it's old. easy to get hooked up. Like Makes just you like you were saying, as a hemophiliac, you're at night your cells have to rebuild. If you're not getting right. REM sleep, you're not truly sleeping, and your cells aren't rebuilding. So your body's becoming like threadbare underwear. And at the age of like forty, you're sixty. Yeah, and you like look Nancy like Pelosi. Shit. She's only thirty-seven. Who's only thirty-seven? Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> well, she's got to quit the speed then. She got to quit the speed, dude. Well, thanks for coming on the show, man. I had a really good time hanging out with you. I've, yeah, I've been a fan cool. of yours for, for years. And so this has been a really cool moment for me. Right on, dude. All right, Cheers. dude. Well, if you if you need anything else from me, let me know. And uh, we'll stay in touch. Let me know if I can do anything for, for you. All right, buddy. We do need audio engineering help, so I'll, I'll contact you later. Okay, man. Take care. Cheers. Bye.